to the Free Ballers Podcast. This is John here with Alex, another free baller. Alex, hey. introduce yourself. Hey. Hey, hey my up? man. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> what up, y'all? That's all I got, actually. If you were waiting for me to say something else, that was that was all I got. Go. No, no. Hey, hey, free baller fans, holla at your boy Alex. Hey, hey. Let me tell you something real quick. Um, <laughs> what are I lo- we? Doing? I love you. I love you. But yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, John is great to be here with you <sighs> on this game seven eve. To be com- full disclosure to all the listeners, everybody uh, involved, you probably gonna hear this after the fact. Um, yes, but but that's fine um, because I think we're gonna hit you with a little back-to-back before and after. So we're sitting here on Game 7 Eve of the Eastern Conference Finals. Should Uh, not be in a game. John, diehard Celtics fan. Alex, (sighs) myself, diehard Heat fan. Yes, we exist. And (laughs) uh, (laughs) the fact that you have to say that uh, just says a lot about other Heat fans. No, it says a lot about other fans of other teams because y'all just be disrespecting us, acting like we don't have well, diehard fans. When if you stop leaving in, sh- in the middle of the third quarter. Well, maybe it's because in our short 33-year history, 34-year history, we mm-hmm. have three championships, so we know when to Here leave. Here we go. We yeah. know when to leave. I've never bought a jersey of a player that didn't win the championship. I realized that yesterday. Okay. Hum- humble brag, but let's go. Let's Wade, go. Let's go. So wait, Wade, Wade and Shaq, right? Those are your jerseys? Yeah, because I'm not a big jersey buyer. There's a lot more I could get, actually. So, they're, so that you fucking, it. they're so fucking expensive. Bro. Yeah, honestly, go off. Go off on that right now. Go off I mean, on what that. the fuck? Dude, I want I wanted to just get like ugh, goddamn. And and here's here's the thing about jerseys, it's like you want to buy one, Hello. but you never know. But you, but you never know when a dude's gonna get traded, right? So now you're sitting here with a jersey of a guy that got traded to somebody else. Man, I don't like. Yeah, the get only the jersey out of here with that. The only jersey I would feel safe, I would feel happy with buying right now, is an Isaiah Thomas jersey. To be honest, number four, I would buy that jersey in a heartbeat. I know no, he's been, what? I know, That's like oh, the oh, complete yeah. oh, opposite yeah. of no, what uh, she no, no. does. Are you talking an oh, Isaiah okay. Thomas Celtics jersey? Oh, because yes, exactly. If, okay, okay, okay. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're talking about having his current Pistons? jersey, you're oh, gonna no, have no. like twelve or fifteen jerseys, <laughs> oh, like uh, just this, next this, season alone. Like hopefully. this man has played. This man has yes, played for every team, but he had yeah. uh, a he had an MVP caliber season. Okay. with the Celtics, uh, he, the vibes are good. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would purchase an Isaiah Thomas jersey as a Heat fan. Celtics ever as a Heat fan, I respect that a lot because Fair. you know, just for all your reasons why you would buy that jersey. Yeah, I respect that because you know he wasn't there for the all. T- he should have been. It sucks. Like he should be there yeah. now. You know what I mean? He should, he should be the in vibes. this fucking game seven that's about to happen. Ugh. Um, but yeah, for him to be in this game seven, the jerseys, man, they're so expensive. And like you were saying, with all the player movement and shit, you were saying Isaiah Thomas, I get that because that's like a legacy purchase. Yeah. The only jersey that I would buy, <laughs> like right now, even though I have one, I'd get it again. You down his Haslam because oh, I know okay. he ain't going that's nowhere, fair. baby. Like, exactly. <laughs> 
See, you think like me, because that's not a waste of money. He's not going anywhere. He's basically already retired. No, I got to say, though, I have a uh, a Justice Winslow Miami Heat jersey, and I still <laughs> wear it because I feel like that's a special part of Heat fandom. There was like this little weird time. You know, you have the Celtics have a special relationship with that because y'all yeah, were, were about to give us the bag to give yeah. you to trade you him. And uh, the Miami Heat were like, nah, we're going to keep him. And man, honestly, um, okay, John, who yep. is who is a player that uh, is pretty much a bust? Ultimately, like we can all say, but at the end of the day, still right now, you're like, just wait, you know, I don't know. Like he might come <laughs> around, <laughs> like he might bring it around. Do you have any players like that? A guy that that's on the Celtics currently? Anyone, oh, anyone. anyone. A player you're oh, a fan of wow. that you think you think still has potential, even oh. though in your heart and your brain, you in your brain, you know, the player ain't it ain't happening. But in your heart, you're like, man, but if he could just if he could just put it together, you know, like uh, <laughs> there's so much potential there. You know, do you have any players like that? Wow, that's a great question. I mean, the only th- players that come to mind are certain guys that are like have been drafted recently by the Celtics and are kind of riding hey. the bench. Yeah. So like like Aaron Neesmith, you've probably mm-hmm. seen him mm-hmm. so far. He's mm-hmm. gotten a few limited minutes. I think this he played dude, in one of the games this series. This man, if you give him the minutes, he has. Uh, oh man! Well, this is why you asked me for this take because it's going to get spicy right now. If you give this man <laughs> the minutes, he has Jalen Brown potential. Oh, see, this I'm, is what I'm looking yeah. for. This yeah. is what I'm looking for. I think Neesmith. He, they, they call him, I, I don't know, I think they call him Crash because he kind of like, he's out there like diving for shit that you shouldn't be diving for. So he probably got that from Marcus Smart. But this man has like a game similar to Jalen Brown's. He could have Jalen Brown potential if he got the minutes. And he's got probably a better three-point shot man, than Jalen Brown. Man, yeah. you're kind of yeah. wooing me with that one because yeah. uh, full disclosure, like uh, I, I consider myself, like I, I could probably... Um, list more facts about the Celtics than your average non-Celtics fan because I'm a okay. fucking dork and I'm literally talking on my and yours basketball podcast right now. So obviously, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But anyways, uh, I'm, when it comes to the Celtics, my favorite Celtic is Jalen Brown, you know? And I'm For not sure. even I'm not even trying to be a hipster and like not choose Tatum because he's <laughs> the best, you know? I literally, I literally really enjoy Jalen Brown's game and I feel like he has a lot of potential and I feel like uh, part of Jason Tatum's ascendance uh, Jalen Brown has a hand in that and he is it reminds me of like even though the, you know that you know I don't want to fucking go too far here and get anyone's hopes up but it but it does remind me of uh, the kind of dynamic you would have like when uh, as a Heat fan when uh, LeBron came to Miami to join Dwayne Wade and at first they tried to like just trade off like, you know, we'll both be alphas and like, it's my turn and then it's your turn. You know what I mean? And no, we don't have to change shit and we could do this and blah, 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 blah. After a while, I think one of the underrated uh, personality aspects of D Wade was that he was smart enough to realize like, look, man, I'm the best player of all time, like for this franchise 
and I'm confident enough in how much I want to win for this team that I think you should be the absolute man. And I think I should take a, a secondary role to support you to make sure that you're the leader and we maximize all of your skills because you're the best player on earth. Right. And, and then LeBron uh, basically had one of like the best individual performances by any of player all time. ever in a season. Yes. Yeah. 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 The and season, so the, the season they had ahead. the winning streak. No, no, yeah. no I, I'm just, I'm just adding to it. Yeah. Yeah. The season yeah. They had so the winning streak. Yeah. That was when they made that change. You're absolutely right. And so, uh, you know, I don't. That's a little bit hyperbole to make that comparison. We're not talking about D Wade and LeBron, but only because these guys are young. They ha- they have a lot of potential to to do that and even more. But like right now, I don't want to put that pressure on them. But it reminds me of that in that, uh, you know, my favorite Celtic, Jalen Brown. I think he, people underestimate his abilities simply because he's so smart that he realizes. That, yeah, even though he's a fucking baddie, he can take a secondary role to Tatum because Tatum Tatum is so talented that, like, uh, if you can maximize Tatum, it gives you the best chance to win. You know what I'm saying? Um, And, you know, that makes me like Jalen Brown even more. Yeah, Um, because you could put Jalen Brown on another team and he'd be the number one option. I know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that on game seven Eve, I'm going to go God. off about how much I love Jalen Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that I hope he fucking goes off for like 40 and just, just dismantles you guys. Oh, I'm so pissed about last game. That would make me so sad that I just <sighs> did what I just said. I said what I just said, because I'll no be way, like, Damn, did it to there's, myself. There's no way Jimmy has two 47 point games in a row. There's no fucking way. Okay, so we have, um, you know, it's like unstoppable force, immovable object, immovable whatever object. the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if that's correct, but you know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> it's right. You're correct. Yeah. You're correct. There's probably, probably no way that Jimmy doesn't have two 47 points in, in a row. I don't want to put it past him, but realistically, you know, that's probably not going to happen. But also, another thing, the immovable object is, uh, <laughs> Um, that would would the Heat lose three games at home in a row? Like, uh, and uh, that's that's something that has not three. really happened. Um, oh, it's a good point. Yes. So, well, this whole series, it, I was thinking about it because, man, we have we just cannot get, get get this series out of my head. I mean, we have to. This has to be talked about. Only the home team has only won twice. Yeah, games one, games yeah. one and four. Yeah, it's so, kind of like the like I was saying last episode. Uh, these teams are both so competitive, and they're like reflections of each other. They both have like the some of the best defense in the league. They're both super switchy defense. They can play different types of defense. Like uh, it's crazy, and I think that's why we we have what you were saying. But I mean, you know. it's weird. As much as I'm disappointed about the last game, I. I am pretty optimistic the Celtics can still pull out game seven in Miami. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm definitely scared. You know what I'm saying? But uh, that performance in game six did give me hope. And I will like to remind, remind the audience that I predicted he in seven and here we are. (laughs) Here we are, everyone. I think I did say Celtics in six and I was almost right. 
You were uh, almost right, bro. Uh, so yeah, this uh, is a, this is fucking God uh, damn it. It's a little scary, you know. Who I literally because of what we just said and what has been happening and how home court really is non-existent in this matchup. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, like Plus I the Celtics no have not idea. lost, have not lost two in a row this whole playoffs. Yeah. So that's another like immovable. So they just lost one. Thing, exactly. Know? Yeah. So they could just easily just, cause they don't, they respond to loss as well after this email. Doka. Not going to lie though. Stuff. I kind of like that because it, they're due. <laughs> but uh oh man <laughs> fuck this makes for an epic game seven i mean to say the least yeah and uh it still applies to also what we said last episode it's like you still kind of don't even know like who the hell is even gonna play like uh there was a few players it's true for the heat at least in game six um that did not see the court like uh um i i might be wrong here but I don't think Spolstra played Dwayne Dedman, uh, Miami's backup center, not one minute, even though I don't think he's hurt at all. That was like a strategic decision. Strategic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyson um, didn't get any minutes last game. Either, exactly. The yeah. reflection, right? Yeah, and then exactly. uh, Tyler Hero has sat the last two games. Maybe is he healthy enough to did he get enough yeah. rest to play jimmy doesn't have to score 47 when tyler does like what he normally does but that's another kind of weird thing he but bring if you bring him back that changes the whole dynamic it doesn't yep. necessarily make them make it an easy win just because you're bringing yeah. him back yeah but also yeah. tyler has yet to produce the way that he normally does this entire series so um it's it's the weirdest. It's one of the of all the Heat Celtic series that we've been blessed best to, one. to watch. Yeah, it's one of the best ones I've watched because, uh, you know, back when when it was the big three era and it was like Pierce first, LeBron and Wade and shit. And uh, you know, I felt like we had LeBron. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like confident. You know, and but same like, fucking scenario. Celtics steal Game Five in Miami. Because of the Paul Pierce three, it goes back to game six and the best player on the heat just goes off for an amazing yep. stat line. God yep. damn it. And just like that series in this series, we had uh Celtics players look like they were too hurt to play. And then they make like a like <laughs> heroic comeback, you know, like they re-enter the game. It's all there's someone like smart. Yeah, yeah, man. There's so yeah. much poetry in basketball. That's why it's my favorite Ugh. sport. Love the way they dribble up and down the court. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> favorite play is the alley oop. It just breaks your goddamn heart sometimes. Ugh. It I does. let myself. I let myself have optimism for that last game. Yeah, that's, that's it, it's my fault. They lost. It's absolutely my fault. It's absolutely my fault. They lost. I kind of coaxed you into it. I was all like, you man, I, I don't know. Like everybody's hurt. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Harrow's out. Okay. Uh, smart and smart and Williams or smart and time Lord are going to be in. Okay. We're good there. Uh, I know Jimmy's still got the knee inflammation thing. Okay. Uh, didn't realize uh, Struess is 0 for 16 for his three pointers, but I don't know if, but he throws up a random like shot. Yeah. And that brought him back to life. Brings him back. Now he's hitting the, 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 the momentum killer threes again. Yeah. One of the biggest shots of the night he hit. uh, Uh, Yeah. At the end. 
Yeah, when I was being all uh, Debbie Downer about my team when we were when we spoke, and for the audience, this is off. This wasn't in the last episode. This is just us talking. Um, the one thing I think I was the most wrong about was Struess because you had mentioned uh, that he could go off, and yeah. I was like, "Well, you don't have to worry about that too much because I'm pretty sure he's like very hurt." But it turns out he's just a little hurt. He's okay. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, shooters shoot. And that is what that, I mean, it doesn't matter that he was O for whatever, O for what, 13 or 16 or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, all he had to do was see one go in and now he's back. Now he's yeah. back to being the threat. So it is what it is. I don't know um, if you saw when he hit that crazy one that you mentioned, his yeah. laugh. He laughed super hard because I bet his, his he was fucking thinking, uh, mouthpiece came out. Yeah, I bet he was thinking, well, no, that was the later one. That was that was the later like, one? Oh, yeah, okay. he hit a later one that was more pivotal, but that crazy one that was like far away, like, la- yeah, you know, last second, it. it was the one that broke his cold streak and he let out like a huge chuckle. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's because he was, you know, and it, everyone else was like dead ass serious because of the stakes involved. Yeah, but he was laughing. Six, yeah. He was laughing because, you know, he probably was thinking to himself, I just missed like 14 wide open threes in a row. And I just hit like the one of the hardest ones I've ever attempted. And he just makes it, you know, <laughs> like uh, he was probably just thinking to himself, like, what the fuck? It's weird that like, uh, yeah, it's a weird thing to see that like a guy like that is as much as it's about the team winning, he's still in his own head about. Um, you know, I've missed a bunch in a row and that's probably affecting the fact that we, that's probably part of the reason why they had lost two in a row to begin with games four and five. Oh yeah. So, oh, so yeah. as much as, as much as he's happy to break his cold streak, he had to like wipe away the smile pretty quickly because you know, he yeah, still got a game to win. So yeah. Time to get back to work. Yeah. <sighs> but, but, but you low key predicted that because as soon as he hit that crazy shot and laughed that laugh, he was kind of like back, you know, he's back. Yeah. Yeah. And so they ran a few actions with him, you know, as the game went on and he actually hit the shot instead of fucking bricking it like he was. Um, And uh, yeah, I was wrong about that. I thought um, in the previous game when he had went back to the locker room and stuff, I thought he was like just really hurt, but you know, who knows? Maybe he just had to do his, poops and peeps maybe just had some doo-doo in his uh yeah which is also poetic (laughs) oh man it It was pee-pee like the truth (laughs) that's the real truth that's the truth that's the truth he doesn't tell you about he thought he like hurt his leg, but no, nah, no, nah, straight up doo doo oil all over those white, white, <laughs> white, white Celtics uh, clan robes. Yeah. Oh man. They're all like, "Hey, Paul, Paul, you okay?" He's like, "I'll explain later, but I need a wheelchair, <laughs> like right now, right now. I need a wheelchair." I had some goddamn barbecue last night. I feel Got like I'm bubble dying. Guts. <laughs> <laughs> bubble guts. I feel like I'm not. Scalabrini still has a little bit of doo doo oil on his finger. It's true. Uh, Great moments in uh, American history. history. Yeah. (laughs) Havlicek steals the ball. Paul Pierce doo-doo oils his Celtic shorts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, he he did his thing, though. That was not his best series or whatever as far as, like, I appreciate it. I mean, I need him to give a call to Jason Tatum 
like the it's way true. Wade did the I, butler yep, and be like, yep. bro, fire this man up. It's true. We need, uh, <sighs> if I was a Celtics fan, I would say we need, we need Paul to give a call. I saw, <laughs> I saw Paul Pierce's Instagram or, or I think it was his Twitter. I don't know what it was earlier today. And he's over like visiting. I mean, I know he man can do what he wants, but he's over like visiting <laughs> other countries and bullshit. I'm like, bro, you're you're a fucking Celtic. You need to call up. Yeah. Call up. Yeah. Call, call it's the, true. Call him. Just yeah, fucking, yeah. just challenge him. <laughs> challenge him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, hold on. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> fucking go off go off on jerseys go right, go king. back off go off again listen to me king you go shopping for a fucking jersey okay and they and they want to sell you the one that's like it's called replica replica that means cheap right that means that's the one that's like what is it 89.99 okay preach. now preach that's the one that's cheap right that's the one that's not but so, so you're like well man i'm a real i'm a big fan of my team i want the, i want the one that's like that's like for real that looks like what the guys are wearing on the court 135.99 man fuck you i mean fuck you i mean i i like my team but you gotta know fuck you, em you gotta, one more time which would total three fuck them <laughs> three times fuck them fuck them fuck them all over i mean I am, and here's the thing: you don't want to spend money on um, on a jersey because you never know when a guy's going to get traded. Anything can happen in the NBA, right? So, 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 Wes. <laughs> so here's the thing: and then I see this commercial. I'm all over the place. Then I see this commercial for American Express, and they're like, "We have this thing. It's like jersey protection assurance or insurance or whatever, where like if your player gets traded, you can literally." Uh, you can uh, trade replace, in the jersey, yeah. They'll help replace you it with his other out. team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want that shit. Like if Jason Tatum got traded to fucking like I don't know Dallas or some bullshit, which that almost sounds realistic, right? Um, yeah. If Jason Tatum got traded to like Dallas, I don't want Jason Tatum's Dallas jersey. That man's gone. That's it. He, or maybe you could get a jersey from another player on the Celtics or something. See, so that's the thing. I don't think that's how the American Express thing works. So fuck oh. American Express. Yeah, okay. that's the thing. It just follows the player. Let me okay. ask you this uh, just as a thought exercise. So mad. So mad. <laughs> as a thought exercise, like, <laughs> uh, don't you have to, like, qualify to have an American Express? You know, right? Yes, you correct. Know? If, you have a, if you have a credit score that is too low or whatever the fuck, I don't know their criteria to get it or whatever, but, like, um, you know, uh, not that I'm not fucking fully and deeply entrenched into the, into the fucking stupid-ass game, but, like, uh, you need to be evaluated to even have that, right? So Fair. there's a fucking economic barrier on like uh, Boom. on on the jersey, you know, yeah. like what yep. the fuck? Yep. Yeah, you're only you're only a good fan if you have a good credit score, and it's like fuck you. That's what yeah. I gotta say about that. And yeah. you're probably more likely to be able to afford a jersey if you are also able to have a good credit score too. Did you hear the story about Shaquille O'Neal when he when he initially remember his deal his initial shoe deal was with Reebok right and yeah. you know his shoe <laughs> thank you 
<laughs> um, but his shoes were expensive to buy, right? He had the pumps, right? He was the one who had the pump shoes. Yeah, um, I want uh, uh, be able to pull my shoes. Want to pull my shoes? So I got to sell them at Walmart. But he he fun- <laughs> his his story though. He literally he walked out of Reebok, like walked out of the Reebok offices one day, and like got approached like literally right after that by some person who was like, "Man, fuck you! I can't afford your shoes. You don't care about poor people." And he walked back into Reebok right wow. after that, and it was like, "I'm done. We're not doing this." Wow, damn. Shaq's he, a good fucking dude. Yeah. I'm a good fucking dude. I'm a good fucking dude, except that <laughs> I didn't tell you about the part where that person also told me that I need to work out more in the offseason, but <laughs> I don't want to. Chuck, Chuck, you know nothing about winning a ring. You're a punk-ass bitch, Chuck. <laughs> Every Come time. On. Come on now, Shaq. Why, 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 why you always got to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> Every time. You're uh, a knucklehead. Yeah, he's a fucking knucklehead. Uh, every every time Shaq gets serious, because uh, um, I someone pointed out on Twitter recently that Charles Barkley might be one of the funniest, dude, like a top ten funniest. I saw the dude same thing all time, right? Yeah, and like uh, that, I that thread gave me life because <laughs> everyone contributed their favorite funny moments of him. And I watched like damn near all of them and had such a good time was just sitting there laughing to myself like a damn fool. And But let um, me ask you this. He's accidentally yes. funny, right? Like he's not oh, yeah. like he doesn't Sometimes have material. It goes yeah. here and there. Sometimes he hits okay. the nail on the head and he is like uh, almost pro comedian level comedic, <laughs> but then uh, almost damn near half the time. The jokes on him. He is the joke sometimes, you know. But he has such a good attitude about when those times happen that, like, it's like hard not to like the guy, you know. Even if you disagree with him, sometimes it's hard not to like the guy. But it's um, really hard not to like Chuck, Charles Barkley. But yeah, yeah. so it's, I was really watching hard. that thread and appreciating Chuck as you know most of us should, and mm-hmm. like. uh I realized, like, uh, when Shaq first joined inside the NBA, uh, if you think it, if you think he gets weird and and defensive and and sometimes throws it off, now go back and watch like some of his first episodes because I feel like it took a long, like a longer time than they would have liked for him to actually contribute because the whole time. He was being like so defensive and like, you know, he talks so much shit about the players because uh, I know that he's insecure because he knows he didn't do as much as he should have did. And so even though he's a legend and he has you're talking about Shaq, I'm a Shaq. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Even though he's a legend and he has four rings and all that, he he knows that if he really would have applied himself, Mm. he could have been like GOAT status, you know. Instead of having to lay a stake in, I'm the most dominant, you know. That's talking about like in the moment. But if he would have applied himself, he could have had, uh, you know, he could have been the best ever. And he knows that. So I think that's why... Uh, he's a little rough around the edges sometimes be, being someone that is paid to talk about the guys now because he still holds petty grudges and shit. So when he first started, he sucked. And still, even now, there's people who'd be like uh, not feeling him on the show, you know. But watching um, the Chuck thread, I realized <laughs> something that he has 
that actually makes him very important to the show now. And it is that he feels the way about, he feels the same way about Charles Barkley that we were, that we do. So if you watch anytime Charles Barkley does something funny, it kills Shaq. Like he's just laughing so <laughs> <Yes>. hard. <laughs> the uh, you probably saw uh, the one recently uh, where Zion Williamson. They looked at him and looked like he had just gained some weight, uh, like a lot of weight. And so yeah. I think Chuck and Chuck said uh, it looks like him and Shaq had a baby. That's that is probably Chuck's funniest joke ever. That's peak. Yeah, that's peak. And Shaq. that killed Shaq. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that was a constant theme in all of the funniest Charles Barkley moments was uh, Shaq just laughing so hard and then everybody else trying to like pivot back to like whatever they're supposed to be doing. But then Shaq, he asked Chuck again, you know, like, what'd you say? Like, yeah. <laughs> because he can't get enough of that shit. It's crazy that that show's literally won Emmys, hasn't it? Yeah, they win. They win like yearly, practically. It's they, crazy. They just won. Actually, it was like two weeks ago or a week ago. They won again. And that's all. And Ernie has one of the toughest jobs, I would think, in like sh- in uh, what show business, yeah. I guess you'd call it. Yeah, yeah he has to. He has to wrangle those two. Like, yeah. like, like Ken, Kenny Smith is like he's good. He's well behaved. He's probably like one of the smarter guys. He's like the second smartest guy in the crew. But like uh, he he has to like wrangle Shaq and Chuck from like saying inappropriate jokes. All like Chuck recently went like speaking of coming and then like Shaq and Shaq just like yeah. died. He was dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but um, um yeah, interesting Ernie you mentioned Johnson's about like Jimmy Butler, uh, Ernie Johnson's <laughs> Jimmy Butler leaning over the scorers table and shit. <laughs> like he's just like <sighs> fuck. <laughs> Um, funny you mentioned about Shaq, uh, his evolution on that show, because like, um, he recently, uh, I've noticed he starts to talk about, um, he talks about Penny Hardaway more, actually. He talks about the fact that like, like he puts Penny Hardaway in like the same discussion as like Kobe. Yeah. Um, um yeah. I don't know if, Which did is, you see, um, uh, I don't know if this was ESPN or, or Turner, but somebody, um, did a bunch of cool shit with Shaq. And he had like, I think it was inspired by um, there was a sit down talk. I think it was Magic and Larry. And uh, so Shaq did one and he talked to Penny and it was just him and Penny talking. And he opened up a lot about he about that whole time and stuff. And uh, it's super cool. I think uh, anyone should go check that out because uh, I think think because. Because I think it was that, all about the Orlando Magic of the mid '90s, basically. Yeah, I, yeah, I know what show you're talking about. Yeah, because of that, I think uh, he he kind of uh, because he never used to um, rep for Penny. You know what I mean? And uh, I think once he kind of like uh, buried the hatchet with him, so to speak. Uh, now he is more comfortable. And he realized, you know, how fucking good Penny. I mean, they almost won the championship and they went up against so Hakeem. Hakeem the dream, you know. Mm. Michael Jordan said, Michael Jordan said that he didn't think that if he would have played those years that he didn't play when he like retired and came back. Mm-hmm. He said that he didn't he didn't think they could have beat Hakeem. So that's pretty is, cool. Is that true? Hakeem. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's free ballers true. 
which means it's, <laughs> it's like 90% probably true. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> I do have kind of a weakness for that. I do kind of wonder if like, if Jordan had stayed in, in 94, 95, like if they had gone to the finals, they probably might've played the Houston Rockets. Right. Uh, do they beat them? I mean, that's, that is something I wonder about, right? Like would Jordan have just won eight fucking straight titles in a row? Who knows? Right. Um, wait, one, two, three, four, six. Yeah. Eight. So yeah. Yeah. So would he have won eight in a row? Who knows? Right. Um, I mean, it would have been, would that have tainted his legacy? Probably not. But like, um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it would have yeah, only it, boosted his team. Oh yeah. Who, by the way, um, I, I was, I, I get in some, you know, whenever I get into like arguments, like with like about the greatest center of all time, like Shaq, you have to put in there. Kareem, you have to put in there. But um, I think as far as blocks goes, like Akeem Olajuwon has more blocks than like both of those guys. Um, yeah. Well, so- yeah. That's because I think personally, Akeem Olajuwon is more skilled. At, uh, well, who was the other person you mentioned besides Shaq? I well, I said Shaq and Kareem. You have to okay. put them in like okay. The, as so the best Kareem, Kareem, uh, Kareem is, 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 is. I don't. I actually would like to take him out of it because he def- kills whoa. my whole point. Kills my whole point. I'm not taking him out of greatest centers. I'm taking him out of this discussion because I think he's mm. above Hakeem, right? Because, uh, I mean, uh, Kareem, he's... Just points the, and all of yeah, it. Yeah, just everything. Yeah. It's like, yeah. imagine Tim Duncan, but better, you know? Like, right. uh, basically, um, Tim Duncan, but better. So I don't even want to get into that, but... Um, uh, I basically that that blanked out my entire point actually because I was just thinking <laughs> about how good uh, Kareem Olaju or oh yeah Olajuwon I almost just said Kareem Olajuwon could you imagine <laughs> how good Kareem Olajuwon would be oh my god but that's basically just Kareem and Dil Jabbar honestly but, it looks like um, Kareem and Hakeem had a baby Shaq <laughs> but you know I remember Best because ever. of my uh, misstep uh, I was trying to talk about Hakeem. Hakeem, I think, is one of the most skilled uh, centers of all time. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. This man won back-to-back championships. Uh, and like that Fluff article tried to say, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure there is a better, there's better evidence for that. Uh, I'm pretty sure Michael Jordan did say, you know, that uh, I think it was around Last Dance time that uh, he doesn't think they would have beaten Hakeem on those two runs that Hakeem made. Uh, and still to this day, anybody who plays in the post, anyone, be it uh, Kobe or Tim Duncan uh, or actual dudes who play today because I'm washed, uh, <laughs> they they still go to Hakeem Olajuwon to like learn uh oh post moves yeah 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 oh yeah for sure he still is a yeah he does still give like lessons in the uh in, in the off season to guy to to big men and even yeah and even uh uh swing players too yeah the dream shake is still one of the best moves ever that like if you can get it down pat like you're uh you're in there like swimwear yeah shake and bake is it um he I remember it was H A K E E M but like I had some basketball cards that said A K E E M with no H yeah, on it. I've never I feel like those, 
I don't know. I feel know. like I could be a millionaire by now with that yeah. card. It's like one of those like misprints or something. No, I think uh I, you I and just I ha- don't you and know. I have the same uh that same brand of cards. Like I think I think you you found them one time. Like that's yeah. from like the early nineties or something. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. got a whole book of them. Love them. Mm. Love them so mm. much. Love them to death. But um yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. There there was a time uh I honestly that would be wow, like that could be a whole investigative episode but uh tune in that, next time for that 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 deck of cards has the famous mark jackson card in it which has uh in the background at a knicks game uh the, the menendez, menendez brothers, brothers. Yo, yeah. Yo. yeah have we talked about this we probably talked about this probably but we should ah, talk about shit. it every episode because it's <laughs> fire y'all should it's, know that shit look it. at that card; it's fire almost as fire as um the John Morant rookie card uh, that has a dude that I just forgot his entire existence as I attempted to say this. <laughs> but I'm actually super happy with that because if you're listening to this, just go Google that or something. Look John Morant's it. rookie card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, his rookie card. Uh, I, fuck, dude. I'm like super blanked out, but. Um, oh, no. Uh, there's a rapper who uh is beloved in Memphis that had you know met an untimely death, and is in the card. He's right there, like in the card, and it's the Grizzlies, you know. So that it's fire because for multiple reasons that card is fire, and uh, cards in real life, like you know, as a human being aren't fire you know there's nothing fire about a little piece of paper like uh, a little piece i didn't of know paper. where you I, that was a roller coaster that whole little diatribe you had there i was like where is he going with this shit cards no. like not yeah. fire i'm not i'm not going anywhere but i guess uh i guess where i'm going is uh what are what is your parting thought on heat celtics free ballers cup part two Right. Uh, game seven. I've taken a deep breath. I am. I have put away my anger from game six. I think the Celtics have a legit chance to take game seven. Having said that, underneath all that, the subtext of what I just said is they are playing in Miami. So technically the home court advantage is there, but home court advantage has meant nothing. So I am officially obsessed with it for whatever reason. Uh, It's the only thing that matters at this point. I know the Celtics can do it, but you still have to overcome a lot. (sighs) It's just the vibes. I mean, they just got to, if Ime Odoka has coached them correctly, then they are prepared for game seven. And he's proven it in the last series. So this can be done. I just wish they had taken it in game six just for my sanity. Does the fact That's that, my uh, thoughts. does the fact that they let that game slip away, does it, does it make it more spicy because it's like, fuck, we had a chance and now, now they have a chance. In previous iterations of Celtics teams and recent iterations of Celtics teams, I would say, Yes, because they would probably let the game six loss get to them. I think this new 
team coached by Ime Odoka is going to just look straight past it. They're not like, fuck it. We lost game six, whatever. All we have to do is win this one and we're in it. it nobody, everybody will forget about game six as long as we win game seven. So just it's in the past. Like Brad Stevens would dwell. Ime Odoka is like, fuck it. Game seven. That's, that's, that's what it is. So that's I'm good. Just, I'm just hoping that carries over. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on fast PP? <laughs> uh um this i feel like it's a serious question you just asked me i laughed about it because you said his nickname but uh um honestly could probably use some more playing time but he only typically gets it when smart is injured but i think he's a great x factor to be honest um if he's hitting threes it kind of throws the heat off a little bit i feel um, it worked with the Bucks, and I think it could work with the Heat too, because he is, the problem is he is a defensive liability, so he pro- that's why he's not seen a lot of minutes. Um, he gets picked on by the Heat, uh, and the Heat are good at creating mismatches, um, and that's how they beat the Celtics whenever they have in this in this series is by getting the mismatches they want. So if you put fast PP in, you're going to have Butler just trying to get switched onto him, post him up, make a bunch of mid range, uh, turnarounds or whatever. Smart needs to be on Jimmy the whole game. So bring fast PP in at your own peril. Ime Odoka, If you're listening. Yeah. Um, (laughs) that, that, that's very true. I think uh, that's very true. I think, um, fast PP, has uh we're watching the boy grow before our eyes you know yes um i'm pretty sure he's a player i might be wrong here but i think he stayed in college a little bit longer than most players Oregon, yeah before they go to the nba and uh you know not to be a fucking boomer but i do (laughs) think that he fucking like it benefited from that and he's a little bit more skilled and more polished than like people give him credit for. And, and he's finally just getting like a stage to like make it happen. And, uh, I think he's doing really well. However, it's true. He, uh, he's a defensive liability only because the other team will, uh, hunt him out. You know, even if he, if he does a, he could still do a good job on his individual matchup but they're going to force a mismatch for him to be on someone that he has no business being on. Right. And this is something that happens uh, on the other side, the heat have a bunch of players like uh, that all fit into that category, like uh, Strews and Duncan Robinson and Tyler hero. They're defensive and, liabilities, right? Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah. like uh, anyone really like uh, something when someone's hurt or something, you know, like uh, it, it becomes that type of game because players are smart. Um, but like, uh, so listening to that, what you said, it makes me think that what e needs to do is, is figure out like a defensive scheme where fast PP can still be in the game, you know, but like when the heat try to force the mismatch and like, maybe they'll have fast PP's man come set the screen and it forces a switch. And now all of a sudden he's like on an Island with Jimmy Butler and everyone's panicking. Uh, instead you need to figure out you, you don't switch that, you know, 
you need to figure out how to not switch that or or as soon as that happens someone comes to bring help and you live with the consequences of of that other switch you know what i'm saying yeah because otherwise you're asking for fast pp to fight over screens and he's probably the smallest guy on both teams so um he's not going to be fighting over screens especially since bam sets a lot of illegal screens yeah. just throwing that out there by the way um which he finally As got called on lots once, of people but, do but yeah. i will say i did notice i felt like the heat were making a point to be more physical in in that game especially in the beginning like i it did kind of seem to me like they were trying to like send a message physically of like uh they did a whole bunch of shit honestly but then I mean, in the second half it turned more into just basketball I feel. It, it's like, an elimination game i mean it's either go physical or you're gonna or you have you're you're gonna lose because yeah. you you, you gotta you gotta pull out all the stops that's yeah, the it thing was, it so, was must yeah. win literally it's a yeah it's a must win so jimmy's like i'm gonna score i don't give a shit about anything else and they're like, we're going to be physical and just hope the refs give the calls our way. So that's that's how that's elimination game tactics. So, yeah, that's why game seven is going to be a doozy, a, a doozy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, not to like push up my glasses, but <laughs> I do. I do think that they should have a scheme where uh, fast PP can still be there. And as soon as he gets forced on a mismatch you you force on the defense a switch and someone else comes to switch with him immediately and you just live with the consequences or whatever oof that's tough but, though because i mean i mean if you get him like if he's in the post you can't just have him yeah come off no it's true. And, sometimes it's not gonna work yeah yeah that's tough um but I mean, basically, it, 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 what's what's happening is it's it's the screen at the well. I mean, we're we're pushing both of our glasses up at this point, but like, uh, it's the it's the 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 high screen basically where they get oh okay now Butler is uh he's got fast PP guarding him and now he can yep. back him down, back him down, back him down, yeah, and uh, do whatever he wants, yeah. yeah. So, so now someone else has to come, yeah, and, and then Horford fast has PP to help. has yep and then for yeah. everyone has to rotate you know yeah and, Horford's um, off his man and then of course that leaves uh alley potential for uh bam out of bio and yeah, so yeah all yeah. kind of shit all kind of shit um <laughs> but okay i i <laughs> hope that they don't figure out how to do that because if that happens and it works out I'm going to feel fucked up because I just <laughs> thought about it. I, I, I hope you, I hope you just called it just the same way I called uh game six, Jimmy, which I wish I hadn't called. So yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm going to leave y'all with uh, another yes. story time and I'm just going to read uh, <laughs> a short quote. Um, another another and, Buzzfeed article. No, this one just, uh, <laughs> this is like some more legit shit. And again, I'm just straight ripping it. This time, I'm not even going to tell you who wrote this because <laughs> Loki, I don't even know. Um, just looking at it on social media. But uh, Heat coach Eric Spolstra has been talking recently about, quote, burning the boats. This goes back to a story legend architect Pat Riley told his team once before a game like this. I read that like an AI. But anyways, <laughs> Riley is a basketball lifer. He has seen and felt and fought through nearly half a century of Game 7s. He loves mm-hmm. them, win or lose, because he appreciates the heightened state of existence. 
And Spolstra has been around the organization long enough to have heard the, quote, burning the boat story a few times at moments like these. Seems an army spent years... Okay, fucking back that one up. This So here's my problem with this is I know the real story of this and it's a real story. This person tell, it your, is, tell it in your words. No, because they, they, I can't do that because I'm <laughs> smacked. But like uh, this person writes it better than I could tell it right now. But I know that there's better tellings of this. But go ahead and do your own research like Kyrie if you actually are interested. <laughs> Seems an army spent years building boats in preparation for a war. Upon arrival on the shores, the general turned around and demanded that his troops burn the boats that they spent years building. But why? His soldiers asked. We will have no escape if things get bad. Uh, they're like, they're like, what the fuck? Why are you telling us to burn the boats? Exactly, the general replied. <laughs> you win or you die. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, okay. uh, that's an actual thing that that's a story that Pat Riley told uh, one of his teams through the years, a heat team. Um, and, but that telling that telling of it sucks because uh, I'm pretty sure it's an actual real story. So there's like years involved, you know, like a date and shit and like people and stuff. But um that's what I want to uh, leave y'all on. And that's that's the culture. They're burning the fucking oh bones. Oh my god. Uh Chris Bosch has a story about <sighs> being in the huddle with LeBron in one of these types of games where LeBron didn't he didn't go full Pat Riley and say the burning of the boat story, but he literally just said uh, like, uh, we, like when we win or we die, like we, I want, he basically said, I want you to play like, uh, like your family is, uh, is on the line, you know, like your life, their lives are at risk type shit. And, uh, Chris Bosch was like, damn bro. Like, uh, it's not like that. Like, this is like for the championship shit, but what? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and that's what I want to leave y'all with. Because oh my god that's, that's a little over dramatic it's the type of listen, shit that we're coming with listen listen let me tell you what heat culture is all right let me tell you what heat culture is okay it's uh pj tucker and max Struess both fouling jason tatum as he's going in for a layup and he gets called for the offensive foul okay that's fucking heat culture Go someone ex- so someone extended this series because they wanted a game seven and uh uh, that I'll leave it at that. There was a lot of bad, bad no, calls. No, go off. The, the, go <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, go okay, okay. Fucking the offensive foul on Jason Tatum on that made layup should have just been a straight up defensive foul on either Struess or Tucker. Boom. Put him. Put the man at the line. That would have been. Okay. Was uh, that the that one where someone got slapped? Somebody got slapped on one of them. That's all. I'm proud of any slaps. There was also a Derek White knocked the ball out of PJ Tucker's hand. That was called the foul. Put PJ Tucker at the line because they were doing the bonus. Uh, fucking the one where he like just barely tight touched PJ Tucker's side. Uh, and that was called a foul for some reason. Uh, uh, oh, God. uh Jalen Brown missing two free throws. That's his own fault. That really, that kind of just, that kind of just was a momentum killer there. But that's not uh, going off. Go, go <laughs> off. There's the fucking, I, I feel like, I feel like the.
Siri. Hey, Tucker with his big dumb head. Oh, that motherfucker. Oh, how, how are we going to file? I was going to say, speaking of like our obsession with basketball, like my sister had to ask me on Sunday. Cause like I went there, um, to watch the, to, to watch game seven. And, um, my brother-in-law is a Warriors fan, but he's like a legit Warriors fan, right? Like he's one of those ones who know he remembers like the run TMC days. He remembers like, uh, the Baron Davis oh, yeah. days. You know what I mean? Like he's like a he legit knows about Chris Mullen and shit. He, he he remembers the time before Steph Curry, basically. Like he re- he remembers like legit yeah. Warriors days, right? So that's cool. Yeah. So I'm fine with that because there's a lot of Warriors fans out here that yeah. like they're just kind of fake. Um, he so knows about sister- cool, tall, white dudes with flat. Tops. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. He remember- Chris yeah. Mullen was cool as fuck, man. Chris Mullen was. He's got that thick, thick Brooklyn accent too. Yeah, and um, some yeah, there's sure. something endearing about that. There, you know? it, it reminds it reminds me of like half of my my dad's family. Basically, they're all had that thick, <laughs> thick Long Island accent. It's disgusting. I hate it, but it's it, but it's also endearing because I love them, right? But they're all Trump, they're all Trump supporters. Oh, but, they, uh, but they, yeah, but they have that thick accent. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, one thing to support him, but how could yeah, you support but you gotta, him? You gotta support him. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the extra effort that is unjust. Go, go fucking Jets. But like yeah. um, oh, they're gross. fucking oh, <laughs> damn. See, now at first yeah. I was like trying to be like, damn, them, you're right? being harsh on them. But now I'm no. like, when you said that last part, I'm like, yeah. ill, dude. I like Fuck the Jets. Uh, yeah, exactly. I got like the heebie jeebies of uh, like, <laughs> like um, uh, but I was gonna say he's like a legit Warriors fan, right? So like this is like awesome for us because like now we can like watch the games together and like it's like a Celtics Warriors. Like this is awesome, right? And uh my sister was like, because you know, him and I were talking, but there was like a little bit of like tension there because like now it's like our teams are playing each other. Normally we can chat together, but like, you know, it's like, well, you know, your team's in there, my team's not, it's cool, whatever. But now it's like our teams are playing each other for all the marbles. My sister was like, are we going to be, are we still going to be like a family after this? Like, is this yeah. going to be cool? Like she was like, she was like, all the less yeah. marbles. <laughs> it's yeah, like, we may never talk again after this, depending who wins or who loses. So um, yeah, we are, we are definitely obsessed with basketball. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. So it's going down. Are you guys it's going down like, uh, any kind of bad or anything or like, here's the thing. Here's what's funny. Um, he, they, uh, him and, and my sister and, and their, their kids, they go, they go to regularly in the spring. Cause still has like some snow out there pretty late. So he went to a casino and while he was out there, he noticed, and this was during like the time when the Celtics were making their turnaround this season. Right. Cause they were, you know, they started out the season under 500 and now of course they were having this yeah. turnaround. Okay, and he saw that season it, it deserved it, an episode it, within itself but yeah. i mean we can go off on that yeah it's one of the greatest turnarounds in the nba history to be honest so it's a fantastic season but yeah so he is so while they're in the middle of this turnaround of course the odds makers are still you know they're still kind of they still have to put a little bit of caution on any bets they give the celtics for winning the championship right sure but we're looking at it but he him and i are are sports people right so he's looking at it and the odds against the celtics to win the championship at this point were 12 to 1 so okay. I'm not a I'm not a gambling guy, but twelve to one for for if you're a if you're a a fan of the sport and yeah. you keep track of it all the time. If you're Jimmy it, Butler at the three point yes. line, 
You yes. know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, if you have the fucking gut, you take that shot. Yeah, yeah you have yeah. to. <laughs> um, and if you're and if you're Horford, you play it smart by backing a little off, but also like jumping at him as he shoots it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, by the way, Horford pl- do, playing that the way he did is the only thing that gives me like a little bit of comfort when I sleep at night. Because if he had made that three, I would I would have off myself. I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would have that would have been that's ridiculous. Not true. That's not yeah, true. I would not have off myself. But part of but my whole been, that would have stung so bad. Stung part, so bad. Oh yeah, yeah. It would have been yeah. terrible. But that's part of my uh, my take on that entire situation is that mm-hmm. like. Um, Horford uh, played it right. He did play it right because Jimmy could have easily taken him to the basket, drawn a foul. He risked oh, possibly yeah. getting it blocked because Horford's a good defender, but um, he honestly could have drawn. He could have. He could have driven to the basket. He could have easily really just hit a layup, yeah. uh, just he, like he, could he did before Kawhi hit that crazy shot we all know but, about. Um, but it's but it's his team. And taking that three, going for the win, you can't blame him for that at all. So no, that's and, yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's that's a uh, part of my feelings on that is just that, like, um, that uh, I it can totally accept the outcome and everything that happened, and I totally defend him in taking that shot. And I think There's that he nobody blames him at all to take that shot. And I and not a I found single it, Heat fan blames him. Yeah, no. And I also no. found it eye opening too that um, uh, most of the national media as well the following day, no one really blamed him for taking that no, shot, especially you when you consider his performance and stuff and the things that he did not only in that game. But the whole season and the whole playoffs and the, especially the previous game, you know what I mean? Yeah. In game six. And so he deserved to take that shot and he easily could have made that shot. And he simply just didn't make that shot, you know, and that's how the cookie crumbles. Right. But I fucking love him for taking that shot and mm. for providing us with the moment, you know, and the possibility for that shot mm. to exist, right? Be, and that's the way that he is, and that's how that even happened. And could you fucking imagine what what nope. could have happened? Please, please stop. If, I, if, I don't uh, even want to imagine it. Exactly. Yeah, like, especially <laughs> just for him, even because I feel yeah. like he's super underappreciated, man. He didn't he is, even yeah. make an all NBA team. And he is not. It's the number one seed, the, uh, you know, all kind of things. I'm not going to sit here and list all these things, but just, man, uh, and the performance that he was by far almost inarguably, and I'm sure there's going to be people with different opinions, but, like, I think uh, now it's over, but up until game seven and including that game, uh, he was by far the best player in the whole fucking playoffs. Like, uh, he was, you can doing, make that argument. Yeah. He was yeah. doing his motherfucking thing. He was shooting over 50% from the yeah. field, averaging over 25 points. Who was doing that? Him, not a single other person in the entire well, playoffs. Hate him, was, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. But hate him, uh, was not average shooting. Yeah. But Uh-oh. was he, was he shooting over 50%? I don't think 26? so now. No, no I, don't he, think so, yeah. I know, yeah. I know for a fact that he wasn't. So, like, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I, I saw this. Uh, and okay, okay. Uh, Jimmy was the only person in the whole playoffs who did that. Uh, his performance in Game Six 
I think it was some stupid shit about how many steals he had, but uh, no one had ever had that stat line before other than Michael Jordan. Jordan, yeah, I saw you know it, too. it was it was it was a forty point four steal game or something like that. It was kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah, so yeah. him missing that nuts. shot was it fucking wild? And uh, we are we still processing that to this moment? Yes. I am. I'm having yes. trouble processing that he missed it. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. still, still, right? Yeah. Because like momentum and the moment and the shift and everything, right? But uh, yeah, man, that's just the way it happened. And uh, easily that shot could have went in. And had that shot went in we would be now Jimmy Butler would be the new Kawhi Leonard. You know what I'm saying? Or Honestly, the, the, that whole possession, like I, I'm still like, I had to like really like sit with it and listen to some, cause a lot of people were going over that possession. That one, you know, where like, uh, I think, you know, the, the Celtics came down and missed, like, I think it was, I think it was smart that like they missed like a wild layup, like going in there. And I was like, okay, shit, Miami still has time to come down, tie it or, or uh, go into the lead with a three. Um, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh shit, Horford's stuck on, on, on Butler. That's not good. But Horford, honestly, I've come to the point where like he played that the right way. Like he backed he off a little bit. He backed off a little bit to give room for Jimmy to drive at him. But then when he realized he, that, that he, Jimmy was going to shoot, he yeah. still made a leap at it to kind of, you know, try and defend it a little bit. Yeah. That's the best Horford could have done there. And honestly, cause Horford's crafty. He's smart. He's very, very smart. So as far as, as far as defending goes, so I was like, damn, he played that as best he could. And that's how I justify in my mind. Like, of course, Jimmy missed it because Horford was played it smart, but damn it. If, uh, I, if I didn't think that Jimmy was going to sink that shot right then Bro. and there with the momentum, oh man, I I'm going to tell died. you right now, I'm going to tell you right now that, uh, him making or missing the shot had nothing to do with Al Horford, even though I respect what you said. You're right. I no, agree with right. you. I think that Al Horford played that perfectly. But I think Jimmy bailed him out in in simply shooting that shot. He should have Sim- driven. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, should have driven. Yeah, that that was like the basketball play, right? But uh, the not really though. You know what I mean? Because uh, that was a clean look, and like I said before, he easily could have made it. But um, you know, you like his chances if he did choose to sure. drive, right? But um, the the let's say he does drive. He goes in and he hits the uh, layup easily. Just goes in there and just like or whatever. Gets fouled, yeah. Yeah, but let let's say he just clean euro step smooth layup. Right, two points tie game. Uh, what the fuck is gonna happen? It's now? a whole other yeah. It's a whole other thing at that point. Um, a whole the, myriad heat, of possibilities. And the Heat were out of timeouts, if I remember correctly, because they they used they used up one uh, yeah, earlier in the yeah. quarter on like a Lowry um challenge or something like that. Yeah, man. So, so that yeah. shot provided the Heat with the absolute best chance to win. I firmly, it did. I firmly they, believe. Yeah. It. And uh, playoff Jimmy is a real thing, and he honestly, I, I mean, people don't want to. I don't. Know, I don't know why nobody has said it yet, but he. He flirts with very, very closely. He flirts with the title of superstar, honestly, with what he does oh, in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. he, he yeah. it's unfathomable yeah. to me. And I Absolutely. see I, I didn't even know this about him. I wasn't, you know, because I'm old. So when the heat got him, I'm like, OK, you know, we got Jimmy, you know, and I'm also I'm old and I'm also spoiled. Uh, because the Heat are a young <laughs> franchise and we've had a lot of success and shit. And so, like, you know, yeah, exactly. D yeah. Wade. So, yeah. uh, Keel O'Neill, Alonzo Mourning, you know yeah. what I mean? Tim Hardaway. I could go on and on. And so, uh, fucking Ronnie Ray Cycling. Allen, uh, you know, like, uh, Antoine Walker, 
Len uh, Rice. Yeah, Jesus, you know, we can't, you know, this could go on and on. And so Sean Leonard. Yeah, I'll give you a, even, uh, I'll give you a deep cut there. Yeah, I appreciate that one. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome that I love him. All three. Yeah. Oh, you know what you're I know one that we would both vibe on. Eddie Tell me. House. Eddie oh, House. Oh, of course. Yeah, Hell yeah. Just throw Let's Eddie House's go. name out there. Come on, yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie House, man. Yeah. With the Eddie tall socks. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um no nah, man, yeah. but that uh that that shot provided them with uh the best chance to win. But yeah, when when Jimmy came to the team, I only knew him at, as an imposing fan. And uh so I thought I'm he was like, just gonna be like like a piece, like like yeah. not the main guy, but he's a I thought he was just gonna be a piece. Yeah, I think he's still I kind of feel like he still is a piece, right? But at the same time, though, I had no idea like uh the actual reality of like what it's like to watch 48 minutes of a Jimmy Butler basketball game. You know, I've only really ever had seen him, you know, when he played the heat and stuff. Right. And a couple other times when he's like on the bulls, T wolves and shit. And of course those playoffs with Philadelphia. Um, But I realized when he came to the heat that I didn't really know how he plays and what he's all about. And uh, now having gone through like three years of I've watched every in its entirety, uh, I have a, a different perception of him and his game is a lot different than like what I thought it was. And so I could easily see how I understand why he is uh, underappreciated because he's not a guy, he doesn't do the stuff that gets you the shit that the guys have that he should have like, um, but when you, when you're forced to watch it literally like now in the playoffs, everyone can see, you know, like, Holy shit. The uh, Jimmy Um, Butler, man. I I would say, I think he flipped the switch. Like when he was in Chicago, he was kind of playing second fiddle. I believe I can't remember who was this. It was D Rose. He was kind of playing second fiddle to D yeah. Rose at the time. He kind of just showed up and was like, Oh damn, this guy's better than we thought. How do we, and Chicago didn't know how to handle him. And of course, yeah. Minnesota definitely didn't know how to handle him. Could we remember the whole story about him showing up to practice and what did he do? He put himself with the other bench players and still won the game or something like that. And yeah. just was like, just Some, fucking trade me, get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, epic. He won with the third stringers versus the starters. Yeah. And, and of course, so he goes, so he goes to Philly and of course they have like a toxic management system over there and they're just, they're just, they're not good with star players. So they didn't know what to do. So I think he like, I think coming to Miami, like he felt like welcomed there to be honest. And like, he flipped the switch. Like he became like, he's like, I'm going all in. I'm going to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like he became like defense. He knows it. He knows what he can do on offense. That's I think if there's anything that like, actually I heard a good story about him on the ride after game seven. Um, I forgot who he was talking to. I don't, I don't want to say it's Haslam, but he was talking to somebody and he said, literally, this is right after game seven. This is him riding home from the stadium. And he said, how can I get better? I can't remember who he was talking to though, but he's like, he he's like, I mean, any team would want Jimmy on their team because he, he is, he is the ultimate like team first guy, but he, oh, yeah, the, exactly. The, I didn't know that but if about there's anything. Him, I didn't but know if there's that anything about he, if there's one thing he needs to do, is he needs to kind of be a little like, okay, I'm just fucking taking over and I'm going to score, which is what game six was. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. just him. Like yeah. I'm doing it. This is my game. And I, it was I can beautiful. do this. Yeah. Yeah. So he could do that at any time. 
I love love Jimmy, man. Appreciate that he took that shot. And he uh, had to. Only, uh, you know, so going back to like uh, him joining the team and me being like, eh, you know, whatever. I'm a, I was excited. Let's don't get me wrong. I was probably talking hella shit. Yeah, I was probably I was probably talking mad shit and super. It's not excited. like you wanted a bad player to the team, but um, you know the the realist in me and who has seen all the Heat teams of the past understood that uh, this is just, just like you said, it, he's a piece, you know. But it, but it's mm-hmm. not enough. Now it's about what do we uh, add in addition to him? Yeah. That's he what I just, thought too. He just brings us into like, oh, fun. We're we're doing this again, you know, like cool. But it is, you can't stop with him, right? And um, anyways, uh, the be, that history of the Heat and uh, all those memories and the just being lucky and to be a young franchise and have the success they've had. We've seen a lot of cool shit and like um, we've seen a lot of like peak experiences, you know, and they haven't always all been resulting in a championship. You know, we have three mm-hmm. we have three championships. That's like, you know, non-threatening, like leave us alone. <laughs> like let, <laughs> let us do our thing. But anyways, um, you know, yet we're such a young franchise. So we've seen a lot of cool shit. Uh, and that's why I love that he took that shot and it just simply didn't go in. You know, it could have he could have made it and it would have been amazing. And we wouldn't have even had the chance at those feelings had he not taken the shot. Right. Correct. And so he's provided not only Heat fans, but the entirety of the basketball world with a very juicy little thing there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and that's what it's all about. That's at least to me, because I'm a spoiled as heat fan. And we've had so many moments like that. You have and, been a little spoiled. That's true. I I, yeah. I I don't think about that sometimes. Yeah. You're born in Aiden in, in the late eighties. And like you, you born with them, basically. I was born and, the same year as them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've seen, so you've seen like championships early, like quick, like, yeah. No, what like, if I was a the, T-Wolves fan, my guy? Yeah. Like what if we both of us were, yeah. this would be a different show. The Magic fans were briefly spoiled in the mid '90s, but they they still never got anything out of it. Oh so, yeah, no, they're they're tortured. Like, they're tortured. Uh, they're super tortured. Even but, uh, even Dwight got a ring. Like, come on, <laughs> and, and, true. And, you know, like, let's do, yeah. come on, man. And of course, he had to leave and go to LA to do it, just like Shaq did. So they're super yeah. tortured, pain. right? Pain. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that's pain for them. But like Jimmy, like, yeah, like I mean, here's the thing: he flirts with that superstar status, but. I'm grateful he missed it. And honestly, here's the thing. He's a, he's a 20% three-point shooter. He's 29% yep. three-point yep. shooter in the regular season. So it is what it is. That's below average, yeah, right? That's, that's what I was average. thinking so, about when you were talking about Horford. Uh, when you were talking about they, what Horford did. Because if I'm Ime, I'm telling my whole team to let off. him take that shot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, like like Struz, you cover. Uh, Robinson, you cover. Harrow, you cover. Um, even, even Tucker, you kind of cover. I feel she's in the corner. Hell but, yeah! But but like uh, but Jimmy, you can. You, it, it's weird, but you can kind of back off. And yeah, you, can you let sag him shoot on that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you, live, with, it, you yeah. live with it, even though you know he has this weird ability to suddenly start hitting him. Yes, but, to get hot. You can, you can live with the chances there, though. But anyways, I just Dude, didn't he made, want to cut he, you off. You no, no, you're fine. That. 
he made a major that, that was my point he made a major three-pointer in the 2020 bubble series that i remember in the very last game that like iced the game basically for them against the celtics and i was like fuck jimmy now he's making three-pointers like this is what he's gonna do like mm-hmm. the, the, I, I remember that it was a corner three that he just like decided to hit out of nowhere like with the mm-hmm. shot clock winding down and like fuck well if he's doing that then like we're screwed that's it it's over so and it was over so it's um, true. It, you base that is true because if he would have did that, then you yeah, probably would have been screwed. So, would have been all like, over. And pl- and plus, after seeing Game Six, Jimmy, after what, and I remember 2012 very vividly, what LeBron did in Game Six after the, the Celtics took Game Five, not having home court advantage. Um, yeah, I was just like, oh, please, please, not again, please, not again. Um, so, but yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, speaking of spoiled heat fans, uh, because I often disagree with my peers, my fellow heat fans, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When I see what they're trying to talk about on the internet. And I think it's because, um, I might be a little older, but even if I'm not, I think it's because I'm like, so into basketball like that. I love it beyond just the heat, you know? And So if I'm a younger fan or any fan, I just like the heat only. Um, I've only seen, they're spoiled. We're spoiled fans, man. Like we've seen, uh, we've always been good for the most part. And like, uh, you know, relative to some other organizations and shit. And only a few have even matched us to be rivals, you know, like the Celtics or the Spurs or the Mavericks recently, you know, or the, uh, because the Mavericks were used to be ass, but like, you know, yes, there's only certain long teams that are on the, this level, you know? Um, uh, so fucking fuck. I forgot why I was talking about this, but like, I think that he, sometimes I disagree with he fans, but I realize it's because, uh, maybe if all they know is the heat, they just think they have a, you know, they have a skewed opinion on, on how shit should go. I mean, there's it, it, you have to look at it as a phenomenon because there's three other teams that came out around that same time, and you named them already: Orlando, Minnesota, and Charlotte. Basically, if I remember correctly, Charlotte yeah. came out around the same wow. time. So the the league expanded greatly at that time. Added four teams in the late '80s. Miami's yeah, the Toronto, only one that's won championships. Toronto's mid '90s. Toronto, yeah, little, over mid '90s. Yeah, '96 yeah. or some shit. Yeah. So Toronto, shit. A Toronto fan is a, little, a slightly spoiled too, but basically. Miami came out with like four different teams in the late eighties. Miami's the only one to win championships out of it. I yeah, mean, say what you want. Only... There's something ahead, about ahead. that city. There's something, there's something about that city. Like nobody really there wants is. to play in Minnesota. Right. Orlando is kind of in, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other one? Charlotte. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess North Carolina is an interesting place to live now, but I mean, not back then. I mean, so, you know what I mean? Like, it, it attracts the right, it attracts yeah. certain players. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely true. But, uh, and I, I will never deny that the heat always will have an advantage like in free agency because sure. it's a it's a fun place to live. It's LA uh, of the East. Exactly. Uh, and it's, and it's so unique, honestly, as a, as a person who grew up down in South Florida, you know, uh, I do think that Miami is super unique, uh, for an American city because, uh, it has quality international qualities that, um, not to say, you know, I mean, shit, New York and LA are incredibly international, 
Sure. But um, but Miami's unique, you know, because it is uh, the only city like that in like a tropical environment. Mm-hmm. And so it's a fucking literal like tropical paradise. And it has all that city shit that some of those other places have. Um, so they I'll never deny that they um, have an advantage in free agency. But when they first started, the first little portion of Heat's uh, existence was super rough, as any expansion team would be, and just like those other teams. Uh, they had a really met, rough beginning. They, they had a really rough beginning. Yeah. 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 Super rough. And um, the acquisition of Pat Riley was pivotal because uh, sure. the Miami Heat were a complete joke, you know? Nobody took them seriously. And honestly, that still persists in some ways to this day, even though, you know, that's the Heat fan in me saying that. <laughs> like, uh, they, I mean, they, they still own the record for the biggest uh, loss differential in the history of the NBA. Yeah, in that one game. But like, Cleveland, uh, they lost like 148 to 80 or something. It's yeah. crazy. Those expansion times were were rough and all signs were pointing to that uh, is that is almost it's a little bit of a circus. It's kind of a joke team, you know, and it was a rough go at things to start. And then when uh, they they hit the fucking lottery, when Pat Riley decided to accept uh, to be their coach. And because that then led to him, well, he, I'm pretty sure the terms of the deal were that he would have some power, uh, over like roster construction, you know, which he then eventually too. Well, no, he would coach a whole bunch of years. He won a championship mm-hmm. as a coach. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, and that was after stopping and coming back, he coached for a while. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, he accept that's how he came in as the coach but he got like some, uh, I think he got a, a percentage on ownership in the team and he got like a smart move, an influence in the construction of the roster as well as being the head coach, right? Yeah. He's a control he, freak. Yeah. But it was kind of, uh, I don't, I'm actually opposed to that concept. I think that, are you? The, yeah. Like, for example, if Emio Doka, was coach and general manager, you know, like yeah. uh, we've seen some other people be like uh, Pat Riley's not the only one who did that for a second. Um, Our uh, yeah, there's and even in recent times, like um, Riley there's been, or um, uh, Jackson. Yeah, there's been other people even. Uh, fuck, I'm like, uh, they uh, people have tried Thomas. this. They did it with um, God damn it. Uh, they've they've done it. They've done it like Doc <laughs> Rivers had. It oh, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. There's uh in recent times there's been at least like two or three guys who have I think Stan had it in Detroit. Um teams have really? tried this. Yeah, yeah. The reason why it's hard to recall is because and the reason why I actually I'm opposed to that is because that's not good. Because uh yeah, I think it if, depends on the guy. I mean, I think Pat Riley earned that. Like from what he did in the eighties with the Lakers, like he earned exactly. that. Like you give him that because he's and, earned it. It turns out that, you know, that's a crazy thing because you're asking somebody to, to be good at two jobs. Yeah. Not everybody, you know, Pat Riley's a special fucking dude. He like, is special, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when the Miami Heat 
got Pat Riley, that changed it, you know, into uh so part of it is that they got him, but part of it is um the city and that, you know, so he has a lot of tools at his disposal, you know, what if Pat Riley was doing the same thing, but he was in Charlotte, you know, it'd be a little harder. So that's definitely true, but he is a huge fucking reason that, um, they went, that they're so lucky and that, uh, they won three championships in their short history. And, and my big thing isn't really the championships, uh, because only one team wins the championship every season. All 29 teams lose in the end every single mm. fucking year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got to be, it's a, a, it, no matter yeah. how good you are, no matter how good you are, there is always an element of luck in in sure. to that point. But that Injuries. not to discredit any championship. I will definitely no. sit here and talk hella shit about all three of my little championships that I saw, you know, <laughs> like, um, but um, I really think it's pivotal having him because of the fact that not only did they win three championships, but they have consistently been like in contention at least and yeah. always try. And they're always like winning. And when they're not winning, they're still like, low-key scrappy you know and trying to win yeah and they're uh, not they're not they don't tank and that's what i like that's it's one thing i like about rally he doesn't tank um he doesn't tank for draft picks he doesn't worry about the draft i mean he he worries a little bit as much as he has to but he doesn't tank for like the number one draft pick which is great that's that's something that's something the basketball gods uh like appreciate um what i was gonna say about him is like he's a super unique guy in that um nobody really likes control freaks, but there are some control freaks. You just have to let them have it because they do the right stuff with it. So like when you give someone like Pat Riley, not only coaching abilities, but also he can make decisions over ownership and, uh, and, and, and what, and what moves the team makes, like that's a guy who has earned that, right? Like he has seen, he's done it all. He's been in, uh, he's been in, in uh, every level of, the NBA, like he's been the player, he's been the 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 video guy, he's been he's done the coach. Like he he has seen it all. He knows like these are the moves we have to make. This will make us the winner. Like he's a control freak in a good way, right? Like when you give like when you mentioned Stan Van Gundy, I didn't even know he, you said he, they gave him ownership, uh, a part of ownership of Detroit. Is that right? When he went there? Um, no. Well, uh, I was talking about or Orlando. Yeah. Uh, when Pat went to Miami, like uh, he got a small percentage of ownership in the team that was like a sweetener in the deal for Pat Riley to leave New York and be the coach of the Heat. But mm-hmm. um, but uh, what I was comparing them on was um, I was talking about when they let a coach be the GM or you know have basically control the roster movements and construction as well as be the coach and how that doesn't always work out for everyone. And uh, I was just thinking of more modern examples. And I know, uh, okay. I think Doc is Doc had that ability. Um, one of his stops, maybe LA with the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fucking, uh, Stan had it for like a few seasons in Detroit as well. And there's more, but those are just the only ones I could think of at the time. Interesting. It's an interesting thing. Cause if I'm, if I'm bringing that back to my team, like Brad Stevens got to coach for a good amount of time. And then Ainge was like, I'm tired of being the GM. I'll just give it to you. And then basically 
he stepped up as GM, made some anti-Ainge moves, basically, in bringing back Horford Tice and making that trade for um, for for White. And now they're in the finals. Yeah, so, no, it's, interesting. it's working out. And selecting Ime, you know? And selecting Ime uh, as a coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, like I was talking about spoiled heat fans just going reverberating back to the <laughs> theme. Uh, there's, there's certain teams that have done similar things to be like, to be the rivals, you know, and, uh, the, the Celtics, I, it wouldn't suck so bad to lose to y'all if it wasn't for the fact that you guys are consistently been right there every single time we're there, y'all are there. You know what I mean? And so, uh, yeah. Bro, they, have it, you seen the fallout, some of the fallout from this? Like Haslam is depressed. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, he's not happy with this at all. Yeah. Uh, it, it sucks because, uh, you know, they, they played their asses off and mm-hmm. fucking, um, it also, I don't, I don't point to this as a reason why they lost because both teams dealt with this, uh, equally, but it just sucks when you get to these moments and that every people are hurt and shit, you know what I mean? It's like, damn. Yeah. It's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, because essentially the heat team that the Celtics played this series was completely, well, not hobbled, but just completely unique in the strategy, like Mm. in how they play. Uh, that was a unique situation, just like with the Celtics dealing with the what they had to deal with. Same thing, but it's just like, man, you know, like the the team. Uh, well, well, I guess this is funny, anyways, because this year's Heat team has uh probably like four to five different iterations that all were successful. And that wasn't by choice. It was due to like injury, COVID. There's a wacky season, you know? Well, that's a, that's a product of Spolstra. That's what makes him the coach that he is, right? Like he takes whatever he has and it's like, okay, well, I have to, I have to make, lem- I have to make lemonade out of lemons. So he, oh, just, he just fucking does yeah. it. Yeah, He's a right? lemonade so chef. He's a lemonade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You give him the ingredients. He's like, well, I got to make something tasty out of it. And he does. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, he pisses me off sometimes because uh, when when everything is going perfectly, that's when I find myself most disappointed in his decisions. But when shit hits the fan and it's like, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. all four of the best players are hurt, you know, and we got this like rag attack group of dudes. That's when he fucking shines <laughs> that it's almost as if everybody else is panicking and he's fucking, he lives for that because then he has to do his job more, even more, you know, and he fucking does it, man. Like I think uh, a true coach lives for that, to be honest. Like when you like, that's what a coach wants is like the adversity, the challenge. Like you give him like, okay, look, this is what you're limited to. These are the guys you have. You have to make something out of it. That's when like the real coaching comes out. Like when you throw, and I'm not saying that like a coach who's been given like superstar players is a bad coach and wins with them. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, like when Spolster got LeBron and had the big three and like yeah. oh, Doc Rivers had his big three, like 
th- that still takes a that still takes a level of coaching that is that yeah. is difficult. You could but, simply point to uh, LeBron's never won as much as he did with Spolstra with any correct. other coach. You could, correct. So you could see that it's not just a direct easy trip to the ring, you know. But if there's one thing a coach like a, a coach who is like coach in spirit and body and like in their heart, like that's their thing that they do and they love it. Like their true coach self comes out when they're like, okay, I have this guy injured and that guy injured. I have to adjust the game plan to this, that, and the other. Um, that's when like the real coaching strategy comes out. That's, that's the fun. I mean, you just said it, that's the fun stuff to watch basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you see the coach coach, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because before that it's a little bit imperceptible, you know? huge by the way um jason tatum best plus minus in the playoffs uh for this year so that's awesome that's, there's that too yeah it doesn't, doesn't surprise it me well deserved yeah. uh larry bird trophy you know um he did his thing he did his motherfucking. he has he has more eastern conference finals mvps than jordan and lebron so yeah i think oh, <laughs> Uh, this series was, was, uh, he was playing against a challenging defense, you know, absolutely. Uh, That's why I have the opinion that like, uh, when I was talking about Jimmy and, and his game six and all that shit, I feel like that for Tatum, well, you know, he's about to go to the final, so he's going to have more moments, but so far I would say that moment for him was last series when the Celtics were down three, two. And mm-hmm. he had to go in there. 46 point it. game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then also then close it out on the seventh game. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, fucking, uh, but you know, maybe he'll do something like that again. But I think that was uh, his little t- thing that he, his little, you know, like that moment where he's been yeah. like, okay, now he's, now he's in the conversation. Yeah, of like legacy, MVP. Legacy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're right. It's that Jordan moment. It, it's when LeBron had that, amazing fourth quarter against Detroit when he was with Cleveland um, or shit. When LeBron had that amazing game six against Boston. I mean, you could pick, yeah, it's that, it's that one game or Jimmy's game six, you know, so his signature moment of the, you know, I'm here. I'm, you know, you got to worry about me type. Yeah. It's, it's that, cause that's what superstars do is they, they put up 40 plus in a series or a triple double in a, in a, in a game that like is necessary, like where you need it. And like, otherwise if you don't have it, that's game's not going to get won. Yeah. And I think uh, the series against the heat, it wasn't because he's not Jason Tatum, but it was just more of a total team effort because simply the matchups and the, the defense was, uh, it was different than that previous series, you know, the, that whole, thing allowed him to do to pop off like that you know like uh the whole miami boston series was about matchups i think spolster's whole thing was like if you get the right mismatches with boston you can you can beat them and he was right in the games that they won they were getting the correct mismatches um you get jimmy with uh you know post i mean we've talked about this previous episode i think uh he would get jimmy on peyton pritchard and that's it. All I see is post him up and, the, and, and that's, it, it's an easy, it's uh you know, he's too small every time. Right. So um, I think that was Spolster's whole thing was like, just let's get the mismatches with Boston. I think the, 
man, I mean, I don't know. You, you can't narrow down a series victory to, to one thing, to one particular thing, but yeah, no, that that's true though. Um, uh, you would think with like the, the reputation that he have with, with like being super strict about everything and like mm-hmm. culture and work hard. And it's like a military operation level. fight through injuries. Yeah. With all yeah. of that, you would think that Spolstra would be like, um, a type of coach that like would can, can micromanage, you know, everything. But the more I watch him and the more I learn about him, the more I realize that uh, he's super empowering, like to his guys, he's a very player friendly coach. Like, um, for example, I think uh, Struess might have hit a big shot in this series, one of the previous games. That he hit a few of, big shots. Well, yeah, he definitely hit a many big shots. Yeah, but he, he hit a shot that kind of sealed the deal on uh, one of the games they won, and uh, it, when they went and showed the huddle. Uh, like, uh, or and even after the game, Kyle Lowry said, uh, and Spolster said that, um, Kyle Lowry was the one who who requested that play, like, who essentially called for that. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, Spolstra, um, when he when he has the guys that he trusts, I, I have learned and I am continuing to learn that, uh, he kind of like once he trusts them. He lets them be, he's just trying to maximize them and for them to be as best as they can. So he's actually surprisingly really liberal with, with those types of guys. And he empowers them to make more decisions than probably some other coaches would Hmm. and that you would expect. Right. And so, um, when you're talking about the hunting, the mismatch hunting, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure that part of that is Spolstra encouraging that. But when it comes to the actual what's happening on the court when it and it's mismatch mismatch hunting, that that's the players. That's Jimmy and Kyle. Uh that's hmm. and uh, anyone else who is smart enough to participate. But uh that's Spolstra just letting them do their thing because if he were to be, you know, Mr. Coach guy, we're going to draw something up. We're not just going to do something like that. You know, it's, that's interesting because um, I remember when the, when game seven was being called um, or not, maybe when it was somebody talking about it after the fact, the big Struce three that he hit to put the, the heat only down by, they were down by five. And then when he hit a three, it was like, it was like a quick three, but he got, they, they said, they kept saying he got to his spot. Um, and his spot is, I guess, at like that. I don't know what you would call it. It's not the wing, but I guess it's like that 45 degree angle to the hoop. I guess I, I'm not sure what you would call that. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, is wing. that the wing? It's is that the wing? wing. Okay, it's I guess you call that the for wing. Me. I, I'll yeah, wing okay, it. okay. <laughs> this whole podcast is winging it, but like, yeah. But they, they kept saying Struess got to his spot. So if you look at that, like when they were down 98, 93, and he hit that huge three pointer to put them only down by two with like I think like a minute left or something. Um, they said, kept saying they kept saying Struess got to his spot, and I was like, "Damn, that's that dude's spot!" Like you know that that's that's his spot. Like I thought that 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 really stood out to me that like they understood that like Struess has a spot. I mean, he's a good three point shooter no matter what. You don't want to leave him open anywhere, anywhere, uh, yeah, uh, along the three point line, yeah, right. corner, straight on, uh, wing, whatever. But like they kept saying that particular spot was his spot, and I was like, "Oh wow, okay." So they they understand whether it's the coach that understands or even the people that just watch the game 
as announcers or, or casual fans, that's his spot. So like he, he ran like that, that play seemed like it was run so that Struess could get to his spot to get them a little bit closer yeah. to, to closing the gap. So absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, for sure. Um, Spo Spo, he's just trying to make the most, he's the ultimate lemonade chef, you know, like, uh, <laughs> uh, the another reason why I can't be uh disappointed with this heat team besides their amazing effort and the fact that not every team gets this far and uh fucking all kinds of other reasons um is like uh they also and i'm I would have to look this up, but on a free ballers stat check level. Uh, they may have, they definitely have to be, uh, up there in the rankings for how far they got. When you look at, uh, the draft position of the entire roster, um, Hmm. they have, they probably got the closest to the finals with the most undrafted players, uh, of all time. And I would have to look that up. But I have I would put money on it right now, you know. Like I feel that strongly about it. Okay, but you're 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 seeing that as um as an advantage, which I I, which I get. No, I'm not seeing it as an advantage. I'm saying that uh Spolstra is that's a spo thing, you know, like uh other teams in that scenario would just be garbage. But like with Spolstra Mm, takes each individual player. And he figures out how to, how can I just let this dude fly like a bird, like on some Jack McKinney shit? Mm -hmm. Like, um, how can I let this guy spread his wings and be, you know, maybe he's not good at everything, but what if I were to imagine. How do I maximize his abilities? Yeah. The best version of this guy where in his brain, in his dreams, when he's Michael Jordan, like, what does that look like? Right. He, (laughs) He figures that out for each dude. And finds a way to like put them in situations where they could do that thing, whatever. That okay, is. so you're so you, you're saying that because the Heat are are good. So you're, you're saying the Heat are good at taking um, guys that were you. Did you say undrafted? Like they, yeah, they never uh, yeah they, undrafted oh, okay, okay, low yeah. draft picks. They okay. could get like the last pick in the first round, and I would be excited yeah. about the possibilities of that guy. I see what so. you're saying. Okay, yeah. Um, I was going to say because everybody is praising um, this this final series, the Celtics and Warriors, because it's two teams that have homegrown guys um, as their main stars. Like the Celtics drafted smart uh, Jalen, yeah. Jason, yeah. right? Um, For sure. The, two teams the that Warriors, were built from like the ground yeah. up. Yeah. So, so that's their, I mean, that's, that's what they're saying. That's what makes this a very special series is because these are two teams that have, well, first of all, they never met in the, well, they have met in the finals a long time ago, but that's like, we're talking like uh, back in the days of Wilt. Um, but like, these are two teams that have been expected to kind of meet in the finals, but just haven't gotten there. Um, but the, the main point is they have um, homegrown guys. Like we drafted Absolutely. these three, we kept these three. Um, and these are the three we stuck with, and now look where we are, right? The Warriors, that's easy to say because drafted Steph, they took a chance on him, if you think about it, really. Uh, Draymond, you know, kind of made sense. Clay kind of made sense because he was a son of an NBA basketball player. But, I mean, 
they kept those guys. That's that's yeah. the that's the draw to this series. I think is what everybody's trying to to uh, make clear. Like these are two teams that got here with their their core their their main core is guys that they drafted and they kept them and you know whether it's you know that's a tough thing to do in this nba because i mean guys know what they're worth and they if they want to go somewhere else and play there like if you have that if you're that if you're in that hard mentality and you want to go to a place like houston with all the strip clubs like you know what are you going to do like you can just force your way out of anywhere right and you can just go where you want to go and just party and you don't even have to care about winning right not that I'm throwing harder under the bus, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's special under the bus. He, he did, he did, and he's gotten a little fat. But like, but like, it's a special thing <laughs> when like a t- when like teams draft it's good players. Bump. <laughs> but it's a special thing when teams, um, the teams that draft good players, but then also keep them. That's a rare thing, I guess. That I, I didn't kind of realize it until somebody pointed it out. But it's a rare thing when that happens and they can like now they're both in the finals playing each other. And it's like that's good. And so when so and I'm just I'm not saying that he did it the wrong way. I'm just saying you pointed out that like their whole thing is like they have a team full of undrafted guys, which is also commendable because you're putting them in Spolster's hands and Spolster's and Spolster's yeah, like, well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll make the most the, out of it. I think it's just like, OK, uh, the I think it's many things can be true at once. So like, uh, yes, it is definitely true that everything you just said about this final series and that and uh, that is true. Like uh, both of these teams heavily feature players that they have had since they drafted them. You know what I mean? And uh, when it comes to the heat, I just think it's a little more complex, like how they sure. form- formulate their shit. And like, uh, also, if you're not gonna tank and you're gonna always be tryhards all the time, you're not gonna get top draft picks. So you right. have to figure out different ways to formulate your construct your shit. And so then I appreciate throw, that. I, I really do. I, I I fully appreciate that. Yeah. And then when you throw in the fact that they have Miami. That's a chip right there to help out, right? And so uh, this the city, you mean? The city, yeah, 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 for yeah. free agency, right? Yeah, and then uh, no sales it, or no uh, no stating them tax, right? So yeah. that too, that too. But Orlando has that, and it's not working out. Exactly, and they're also in Florida and all that shit, whatever. But clearly, there's something special about Miami, <laughs> but we won't have to go there. But um. <laughs> You know, um, this particular Heat team, if they would be in this finals and we were going to have that same talk, uh, the only players, you know, really that they would have had in that conversation are uh, Bam and mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Tyler. And mm-hmm. then uh, after that, it would you would have to point to the guys like um, Gabe Vinson and Struess and Duncan Robinson but those guys don't quite fit in there because they were not drafted by the Heat. No, they were no. signed as free agents as undrafted players, like from the G League. Uh, so that's where it gets more complicated. So yeah, they only have Bam and Tyler. So uh, that's also because of they're always trying to win. So sometimes that results in you're like in the bottom half of mm-hmm. the playoff teams. And then you're not going to get the, uh, you're going to get the most average ass pick that you could get. You're basically and, mid. You're yeah. a mid team in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 And, and so they have to sift through those players to get 
to find the gems. But in doing that, they learned how to do that with uh, just fucking any and all the players, you know, like uh, mm. because they don't have the luxury of ever having top picks. But, you know, this is all moot if you think about it, because like, here's the thing. <laughs> the the Celtics don't have Jalen and Jason if they don't trade away Garnett <laughs> and exactly. Allen. In the and, Celtics uh, case, it's Jason the Terry. Trade. We're here because yeah, of the, yeah. that. So, moot. yeah. So it doesn't even really, I mean, you if you want to go back and back and back, they don't, if they don't it's trade. It's really away, a trade. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's It's the fact that they. They uh, they acquired Garnett and Allen, right, and then and Terry, I guess if you want to say that, and then traded them to Brooklyn. I mean, they the only guy they trade the, the out of that trade, the, the famous Brooklyn trade, the only guy that they technically drafted was Pierce, right? So, uh, so most of the guys in that trade uh, were uh, acquired anyways by Ainge, right, through via trades and uh, whatever. And so then they got draft picks out of it from Brooklyn because Brooklyn was just dumb to make that kind of a trade. And uh, yeah. And then those draft picks turned into Jason Jalen. And I think Marcus came out of that too. So, yeah. So really, if you go back far enough, what is it really? Are they really homegrown? I mean, they are homegrown. They are, but it's more complex. It's more nuanced than that. It's more, yeah, you're uh, right. It's more of a gray area. Yeah. And uh, my problem with that is that it's, it's nuanced and it's fucking boring. So it's a yes. lot easier <laughs> to just be like it's homegrown yeah. and the Miami, you yeah, guys bought your cares? team. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's yeah. more everybody basic. everybody buys their team. That's all there is to it. Everybody like, buys their team. Yeah, yeah you're right. When yeah. you really look at it's it, a good yeah, point. it's always more complicated. Like and fucking and, Danny uh, Ainge isn't even exactly more. I was he, I, I was gonna say I I fucking hate Danny Ainge. And that that is actually one of the one things though where it's like, damn, okay, okay, Danny. You know, <laughs> I know, what I'm I know. And and what's funny is like everybody's giving him everybody's giving him shit because they're like, see what happened as soon as Danny Ainge leaves, they finally make it to where they wait to be like, bro, they're not they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Danny no, Ainge making the draft decisions are, he made. Dude, yeah. And Brad Stevens. He did Brad, And Brad Stevens. Dude, yeah. his fingerprints are all over all the- over it. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Ainge gets credit if the if the Celtics can beat the Warriors, and which I, yeah. I I'm getting more and more optimistic that they can. I Danny they Ainge's can. finger, yeah, I think so too. Danny Ainge's fingerprints are on it. They have to be. They have to yeah. be. Uh, the the Warriors are the yeah. Danny Ainge. It sucks almost for him because he's not gonna get a ring or anything. You know, he doesn't for, care. from it in the record books. But I yeah firmly believe that he knows. Like he he would know that he that he did that. Yeah, you know? he drafted um, all the right guys. Those draft put, decisions are his decisions. Yeah, the only thing he didn't do was the roster moves this year, plus uh, getting Ime, and that's Brad Stevens. But mm-hmm. you know, like Tupac said, but he also Tupac said, you know, I'm not gonna, I might not change the world. But uh-huh. I am going to spark the brain <laughs> that will change the world. Okay. You know? So yeah, I think true. that that's how Danny's going to feel if they win. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. Plus, by the way, he hired Brad Stevens as a coach. And he knows Brad Stevens' brain. And Brad Stevens' brain made the decision to bring Horford back, bring Tice back, make the trade for White, um, all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, Danny just fingerprints. Yeah. I mean, 
he may not have the ring, but this is his. This is partially yeah. his. Yeah. yeah. And the only Absolutely. things he didn't do when you actually look at them, he maybe he didn't do those things, mm-hmm. but he chose he either chose the person who did do those things, you know, like Brad, or yeah. Even some of the moves themselves, Brad Stevens brought back dudes that Danny Age that Danny had. Age got yeah. for in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, Danny Age. Danny Age, by the way, signed Al Horford as a free agent. The first ever major free agent signing they've had in like yeah. years. By yeah, the way, this, yeah, yeah. Him that adds to the poetry of this room mm-hmm. because uh, there's that, and then you got that. You know that he's won and played the most playoff games for any player right. that didn't make it to the finals. Uh, that adds to the, you know, the fucking zest to it. That's the little, <laughs> you know, the little finishing elements of the, mm. of the dish. Um, but uh, yeah, when you look at the series, uh, I feel like most uh, casual fan would be inclined to just be like, yo, the Warriors about to win again. You know, like they all get it. Do. I get but, it. Yeah. But um, as a nerd, this Boston team has a definite huge chance to win because of uh, their defense. They have, uh, and the Warriors have a great defense, but you know, when you get to the finals, everybody's good at a lot of things. Sure. But, uh, so we're talking about little tiny levels here of margins of error. I mean, you could go deeper than that even because defense is very even. Even that's kind of surface level, right? You you can look at stats and you can you can compare this, that, and the other. You could say, yeah, Celtics are one, Golden State Warriors are two, or Golden State Warriors are one, uh, Celtics are two. And when you compare like uh, points per game and plus minus or whatever, you can go. You, it's true. You can go Close even, however you look at it. If you want to go even deeper than that, there is like this. I'm trying to go to the center of the earth. Okay. <laughs> okay. There is this significant change um, with the Celtics from Brad Stevens to Ime Odoka as coach, as far as coaches go. Um, Celtics lose game six at home because of a Jimmy Butler big game. If Brad Stevens is coaching, they don't win game seven. I would almost guarantee it. I want to say don't. as a hater, I agree. Yeah, they don't. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do not have the fortitude, the heart. Uh, Brad Stevens, I, I, as much as I love him, does not cannot coach that into guys. Ime Odoka coaches that into them. They have shown yeah. in the Milwaukee series and the Miami series. They, I mean, you, I mean, you could just you, you could just look at the fact that like they've never lost. They've never. Uh, they haven't lost two games in a row in this playoffs at all. When they lose, yeah. they respond. So. That's the one thing, honestly, that's the key, I think. That's the ingredient that that brings the whole dish together for why they could potentially beat Golden State. Yeah, you got to give them credit. You got to give, give them credit. Even if they lose game one, and I'm I'm fully expecting them to lose game one. Um, wow. I'm not, I, I mean, I, I mean, it is, I mean, if they win game one, I'll be, I'll be happy, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it'd be honestly what I want. Ultimately, but it's in Golden sweet. State, so it is in San Francisco. I get it. Being um, old guys, they just got to get one of these two. Honestly, and 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 I'm, but I'm confident they can get one of the two. Like fully confident. I, I know. So too. Yeah. So that's the thing. But like, if they lose game one, I'm fine. If they, because I, I think they'll just win game two anyways. So that's that's the thing. Um, 
because that's how Ime Adoka coaches. Um, he does not lose two in a row. If you lose one, you adjust completely to the next one. Like you, it's it's he has this way of responding um, with his coaching abilities that Brad Stevens did not have. Like Brad Stevens, uh, Brad Stevens' coach team dwells on the loss on the previous loss. And then just, it then that just spirals into some bullshit. Uh, yeah. It, it, so I he, mean, he, it's only true. Cause that's uh, how it always well, ended. Look at his track record. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. Right. So it's like, so email Doka, that's the difference is like, he's like, okay, we lost. Fuck it. You got to win the next one. It doesn't matter. It, it, I mean, you game six, I was devastated by game six. Obviously that's like, that was your chance. I felt like yeah, that was your chance. Yeah. And You're it reminds you of other yeah. times in the Brad times. Yes. To the 2012, which was actually a uh, doc rivers time, but also 2018 uh, with Cleveland. So um, it, it's just like, yeah, I'm like, okay, they're just going to lose game seven and it's going to be heartbreaking again. And it's going to be devastating. But Ime Odoka is the difference there. I think I, I he's very special. I got to admit that's his yeah. thing is like, he does not dwell on the losses. He's like, move on. You got to win. So just win this one and you'll forget about the game. Like yeah. you win game seven, the game six loss doesn't even matter anymore. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Plus uh, think about recent years when we've seen first year coaches go to the finals in their first year. Right. We've actually, that doesn't happen a lot, but oddly enough, we've seen it a couple times Who recently. Who else has done uh, it? Steve Kerr and Steve Nick Kerr did it. Nick nurse. Yeah. Um, okay. And so that's just two right there. But I bet if you look in history, uh, we're in a weird time where me and you could sit here and say that most times that doesn't happen. Right. It's a good point. It's, it's happened more in the last 25 years. I believe, I think I saw a stat recently. It's happened more in the last like 20 to 25 years than it has happened in like the history of the NBA. Yeah. I believe Udoka, nurse Kerr. There's like yeah, two others. There's probably there. more. Yeah. yeah. There's probably more. Yeah. But, um, Oh, you know, Teron Lou, Teron Lou. Yeah, Lou. So let's look at those guys. Look at Kerr, look at Nurse and Lou, their first mm-hmm. seasons, uh, and look at the teams that they had and the players that they had, right? So like uh, all of those teams and players were kind of on a journey that was already headed to the finals, and those guys kind of lucked out and uh, getting that sure. job. And yes. I'm not saying it was easy, because, uh, you know, uh, we're talking about good coaches. And when you win a championship, now we're going to add that to your resume. So, of course, those coaches coach their asses off. But they also inherited, joined, they inherited a situation that was going to already head that way, which probably made it even harder and put pressure, right? Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's their situation. That was not this guy's situation, you know, Who? at all. Ime. Ime. Like, uh, yeah, I don't um, think, I don't really No, I don't, so? no, because what, what, what happened in the season? Uh, what happened last year? I don't even remember, but what, what, how far did they go? They got beat by Brooklyn in the first round. And then before Damn. that, but that's before, it. Well, okay. But yeah, but they had also, they had also been to the conference. No, it's true. This Wrong. group has, I'm not trying to discredit the players. This group yeah. has been on a positive growth journey this entire time. I'm sure. just saying they didn't like almost win the championship and lose or some shit. Fair. You know what I Fair. Mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. uh, it was still a question of what would happen. And then when you even go back and look at the start of the season, you for damn oh, sure didn't know I what mean, was going to happen. Nobody was not. saying that they were going to win the championship or anything like that. And so that's the difference for Ime. Uh, 
between him and like these other first year guys who went to the finals, which only adds to, uh, you know, that, yeah, he probably is a special dude, you know, like uh, he's going to have to do it more than just this year. But I think we've kind of seen that. I think we know, you know what I mean? Her's an interesting one because he inherited um, Mark Jackson's Warriors, which didn't like make it too far, but he at least brought them out of obscurity and at least into the playoffs, if I remember correctly. I don't, did, did he coach? He didn't coach. No, that was Don Nelson. I was going to say who, who coached Baron, the Baron Davis, um, you know, uh, the Baron Davis team yeah, that upset, it was it, upset the Maverick. That was yeah. Don Nelson. Yeah. yeah. But Mark Jackson. Smoking big smoke, big fat <laughs> doobies. By the way, side note, who, you love Don Nelson now, right? Like he's like Don, the Don Nelson. Now, <laughs> you can't you can't hate Don Nelson. The long hair, the the stoned person. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. A, he has a yeah. weed company. Like yeah, former Celtic. Let's yeah. get him. <laughs> he smoked with the players, you know, that we now know, but we didn't yeah. know back then. He smoked with the players, man. Come on. Yatusabes, Chico. Yeah, that's yeah, that's Yatusabes. uh that's <laughs> Um, Don Nelson's amazing now, but um, yeah, but he had the Baron Davis uh, Warriors. Well, I guess I was getting at is like Mark Jackson was kind of bringing them out of obscurity again because they they had been like a bad team, and then like that's when that, that's you know you mentioned it. That's when Kerr came in and like just made them like the legit Warriors they are now. So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, yeah, but f- first year head coach is taking a team to the finals. Yeah, talking about yeah, yeah, and I and I feel that Eme um had a somewhat uh more difficult had a head start yeah i i yeah. mean i would say he had a head i i would say he had a head start but i mean that's you know i mean jail i mean the only reason they really kind of didn't go far last year was because jalen brown got injured uh kemba who i think gets got, got a rough got a rough um yeah, I think no, people that's true. i'm not trying to I say think, they're not ready to go but like yeah. it's not like okay so um let's look at the dudes again Fucking uh, Nick Nurse, he had Kawhi Leonard. Right? Yeah, that helps um, a lot. Uh, Ty Lue had LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And then uh, who's the other guy? I already forgot. Um, who the fuck? Uh, Steve Kerr? Steve Kerr has the, I mean, uh, I mean, you know what I'm five. saying? Yeah. yeah, like Steph and all the yeah. guys. Uh, that, by the way, Jalen and Jason Tatum, they aren't looked at like No, that. they're not. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, we forgot to mention uh, Steph Curry when we were talking about the Mount Rushmore. By the way, we named yeah, like he's four guys. He, yeah, he be, has to be up there. Yeah, you have to consider him. Yeah, man, the Mount Rushmore just gets like wider and wider every time. Yeah, it's uh, thick. It's dummy thick. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid dummy. <thing>. Stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs>